Hi, it's Vana. Welcome to Midlife Confidence. I found that bringing our glow back in our middle years comes from learning to manage our own mind. It's time to love your life and love yourself. Join me on a journey as we discover our midlife confidence. If you've ever felt like it's too late for you to do something purposeful and meaningful with your life that helps others in a big way, then this episode is for you. I'm so pleased that you're going to get to hear from my friend, Kristen Jensen, because she's going to put that fear to rest and show you that it's possible to start something new even after 50 and have a big impact. And before we get on with that, I want to remind you that with this episode, we're wrapping up our series on living a purposeful life. I hope that you've learned some things along the way. I know that I have. And now I'm taking a break until July to set up a new format and refine this podcast so it comes back even better. So please be sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app so you'll get notified as soon as the new episodes come out. So with that, let's get on and meet Kristen. I've known Kristen for probably close to 10 years and in time we've become really good friends. She just really inspires me with her determination, her desire to serve others, and her drive to keep growing. And I've just also seen her be so considerate and generous. So here's a few things about her that you should know. So she's the author of a couple of books. One is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. And that's a read aloud book for parents to sit down with their kids' ages around 6 to 11. And then there's one for even younger kids, ages 3 to 5, and that's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, A Simple Plan to Protect Young Minds. And then she founded Protect Young Minds, which is an organization that continually shares the current info for parents about raising resilient kids in our sexualized culture and preparing them to reject pornography. And Kristen lives in the Tri-City area of Washington State with her awesome husband, John. She has some grown-up daughters and grandkids. And Kristen, what else do you think people would like to know about you? Well, thank you first for having me on with you. I love your podcast. And so it's such an honor yeah. to be talking with you today, Vana. I speak a little bit of Spanish. I speak a little bit of Portuguese. I serve uh, a mission for my church in Portugal. I have a son who we say is waiting for us in heaven. He suffered a near drowning accident when he was a baby and hung around for several more years. And I took care of him and then uh, a seizure took him to heaven. So he's waiting for us there. And that's a big motivation for me often to live my life in a way so that I can be with him again. Thank you for sharing that, Kristen. I know that you've been through some really challenging times in your life. So as I said earlier, Kristen started this work when she was a little bit older. So we want to hear the story of how this all came about. I just feel like we have to start by telling how big of a reach your books have had. So on Amazon, they have been the number one in certain categories, right? 
Yeah, highly ranked. So we're very grateful for the reach. And they're now in seven or eight languages. We have it in Russian, Arabic, Chinese, Italian, Spanish, German. And I think it's coming out in Ukrainian pretty soon. And it's going to be in Zulu, seriously, and a couple of other African languages. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) We get emails all the time asking, like, can we get it? in this language or that language. And so we try to work with publishers all over the world to bring this resource to parents that are struggling to find ways to porn-proof their kids. Mm -hmm. And every book sold is a few more kids who are prepared to understand what they see and what to do when they're confronted with pornography, especially to go talk to their parents and get some help. Yeah. So Kristen, how did these books come about? Well, we had just moved to uh, this area of Washington State, Eastern Washington. My husband had gotten a new job and I had started looking to go back to work because my youngest daughter was launched and going off to college. So there I was, empty nest and thinking, well, I'll just go back to work. My husband has a chronic illness that, you know, I felt like it would be prudent for me to go back to work. So I was looking for a job, but I was just sitting on Facebook and I got a message from a new friend, someone that I'd met that went to my church and she asked if we could talk. So I was happy to chat with her and she started telling me about how her 17-year-old son had been you know, acting out sexually on his younger brothers and sisters. It was a large family and he was acting out on the 14-year-old all the way down to the four-year-old. And porn was definitely a part of that. So it was really traumatic. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of counseling that had to be done. He had to go live somewhere else. He was put in a program, which I'm glad our state had a program. I met up with him many years later and he told me that every single young man in his treatment cohort had started acting out sexually on other children due to pornography. So it just shows the power that Mm -hmm. it has on the minds of these young children. In any case, I woke up the next morning. We talked to like 1.30 in the morning. And I woke up the next morning, Mm -hmm. 6 a.m., thinking about what we had talked about and just felt compelled to look for a resource to help young children avoid pornography help them understand why it's so problematic for them and what it could do to them. So I started looking and I thought I would get on Amazon and find at least a dozen books, you know, that you could read, you know, kind of like body safety books, right? I couldn't Mm -hmm. find any. I searched and searched and searched and I'm like, what the heck? Because this is obviously a problem. The fact that no one had written a book to help parents talk to their kids about this problem was astonishing. Because, Vana, I've never had an original idea in my life. So I was really shocked. But I just felt like I had to start researching. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can write this book. I mean, a children's book. How hard could that be? You know, I thought it would be a few weeks project in the summer, right? And it turned out it took three years of <laughs> really hard work, talking with a lot of people, doing a lot of research and testing it out on a lot of parents, but finally got it done. 
And it was instantaneously, like I said, a number one bestseller and has continued to be for all the years that it's been available. So I'm grateful that it is finding an audience and that parents are being helped by that book. But that was the process. Like I never once thought that this was going to be my life, honestly. In fact, I remember specifically telling God that I couldn't help him with this particular problem of pornography. Like, nah, not for me. I thought maybe I'll build a orphanage for kids in Mexico someday or, you know, some kind of, you know, other worthy cause that I could do. Right. I never, ever Mm -hmm. thought this would be it. So life can definitely send you spinning in different directions than you ever considered. But yes, I was over 50 when I started this project. So it was harder than you expected, took yeah. longer than you expected. It's been quite a journey. I know you, I've heard you say, I never wanted I to go into business and run a business. And here you are. You just wanted to be an author of a book at that point, And like it turned into a big thing. Yeah. In fact, when I first started this, I kept feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to get back to work. You know, if my husband gets sick again or, you know, whatever, I just, I feel like I need to have a job. I need to have more financial security. And then my husband would just convince me, keep going, keep going. Don't worry about this. You know, God has a plan. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it got published, I said, okay, now I'm going to go back to work because that was my deal. Right. I'm like, okay, I'll do this. But then I got to go find a real job. And my husband just was like, no, give it a year. Give it one year to just market this book and get it out there. And I'm like, okay, one year. But after one year, I was just so fully enmeshed in this whole cause that, yeah, I haven't left to go get a a real job. (laughs) What did you learn about yourself through this journey? I'm not sure it's important that I learn about myself as much as it was important that I learn things, right? There are lessons that I've learned. Mm -hmm. I did learn that I know how to write, that that English degree did come in handy. So that was good because there is a definitely a craft to it and a skill. And the more you do it, the better you get. So I did learn that, but I've learned a lot of other things as I've gone along. I think I've learned to... Sometimes you have to take a couple of steps in the dark or the light turns on Mm -hmm. and you see the way. Yeah, we often just have to trust without knowing how. I just don't know how it's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there's never a dull moment. I have not been bored ever. I wish I could be bored. Honestly, I would like to be bored. So yeah, yeah, I feel like I've learned so much and maybe that's, Really, the more important thing is what I've learned. I take things more in stride than I used to. Everything used to be like a crisis. And now (laughs) it's just another thing to solve, just another problem to solve. You know, I'm not as yeah reactive, I guess you could say, which is good. That's Mm -hmm. a good thing. You talked about learning to be more patient. And I think that will get an idea something we're excited to pursue. And it's like, we want it to happen now and get it done. And you took three years to do the research on that book, but those three years have paid off 
because that is why the book has done so well. You just really dug in and understood the issue and how to teach the kids and what points needed to be made. You talked Mm -hmm. about the brain science in there. Sometimes you do really have to be patient. And that is actually the advice I give to other authors is to make sure that you are solving a problem for the people that are reading the book. And don't be worried to take the time to make that first thing really, really good because you hear a lot of modern advice, you know, fail fast, right? Get something out there, fail fast, Mm -hmm. learn from it, get it out there. And well, you know what? That sounds good, but I would give some pushback to that. I mean, I've continued to improve good pictures, bad pictures. Every single print run, we make some little changes. So, Mm. you know, it's gotten better and better and better. However, it was very well tested. And I'm just not a big believer in rushing a book, rushing something that you are going to ask people to pay money for and that you're hoping will really make a change in their life. That's just me, but you're right. I think it did pay off. I'll never be one of those writers that writes a book every, you know, year or every, you know, six months or something like that. Just whip it out. I I just have to be so thorough and test it. And I just want it to be good. Right now I'm writing a tween book. Oh my gosh. I haven't even finished the research for that. And it's been going on for a year. And that's going to probably be my toughest one. Yeah. It is hard for all of us to trust that it's going to happen in the end and just enjoy it along the way. I have to say the three years that I wrote the book and got it ready to publish were a lot more laid back (laughs) than any year since. So kind of just exploded. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, have patience with the process. I had to learn a lot along the way and it's a beautiful thing. So time is going to pass anyway. Might as well be doing something you want to do and that's interesting and challenging. Well, this is challenging work, but when do you feel the most fulfilled through your work? What are the most rewarding moments? I've thought about this and I would say a couple of things. One is when I am working and creating something that I know will be helpful, bringing together information for parents. So for example, we are just in the process of publishing a series of four blog posts written by someone who works at a residential treatment center for kids that have issues with pornography, but also kids that have sexually offended on another child. And that's a tough Mm -hmm. topic, right? But let me tell you, there is not a lot of information out there for parents that are struggling with this. And my heart goes out to anyone that finds themselves in this situation because you just don't have a guidebook about how to handle this. If your Mm 12-year-old has done something to your 7-year-old, And so my heart just breaks for these families and for these kids because they're victims too. Most of them have either been victimized by somebody else, a hands-on perpetrator, a growing percentage have simply been watching pornography. So we publish these things. And honestly, we're pretty unique in this, trying to get parents some help in this particular topic. I just know that if you're a parent with this problem, 
or in a month you've become aware that you are a parent with this problem, you're going to want those blog posts. You're going to want to read those articles because they give you a roadmap and they give you some help. So that really makes me feel fulfilled to be able to publish this kind of help. It does give me a lot of satisfaction to know that we are helping some parents that are in really some dire circumstances. And we get emails every day from parents that have questions for us that have some heartbreaking stories. And also we love to get thank you letters. So I would just say that (laughs) if you've been helped by a book, you know, contact the author in some way, either by Twitter or Instagram, send them an email, whatever, and thank them. And of course, do an Amazon review. But those have really been wonderful (laughs) to know that we have really helped people in a real way. But the other thing I would say is that I feel most fulfilled when I can be working and be at peace, like not stressed out. And I think there is an art to living Mm -hmm. that way, which I have not completely figured out, but I am working on that. (laughs) And you as a coach, you have helped me with that. So it's just being able to work, but not in a frenetic way, right? Not with this stress because I love working when I'm not stressed, but Yeah, I guess that's what I feel most fulfilled is when I know that I'm doing things at a good pace and that I am helping, you know, other people. Oh, I love that. I think we all are working to just love the process of living and engaging in things every day. And really, the vast majority of reaching a goal is the process of getting there. So if we can't enjoy that, what is the point, right? Getting there only lasts a few moments or a day or two, and then we move on to the next thing. So it's just loving that opportunity to be engaged in something. I think about that now every day. I think, am I living today how I want to live every day in the future? Am I enjoying it? Am I, you know, happy or am I waiting for some far off horizon happiness? Oh, someday in the future, you get to a certain age and you're like, I better figure this out because (laughs) I don't know how many years I have left. You know, I mean, I'm not that old, but you never know. Right. So I think it's good to stop and think about that. And am I living today the way I want to be living, you know, and maybe you have to slow down at some point, but a couple of my heroes are like, and I think of Dolly Parton. I mean, that woman is in her 70s and she's still singing her heart out. And I'm not a big country music fan, but I love what she's done and her foundation to provide books Mm -hmm. to children. Isn't it nice to see examples? Like we don't really know what's possible. In fact, Kristen, that's why I had you on this podcast. (laughs) We don't know what's possible if we don't see other people doing it, right? And then that kind of opens up our mind. Oh, you know, there is no such thing as it's too late or I'm too old. I've heard that too. Aren't you too old? Recently, I had a friend say to me, how much longer are you going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. But then, you know, you and I actually went out (laughs) to lunch and it was so refreshing because you are someone that's doing the same thing. You're not letting your age or your concept of your age limit you. 
and you're still trying and working and learning. And that's what I want to continue to do. Yeah. I just feel like midlife people, as we get to the age where some people used to think it was time to retire, that is such huge potential for us to make a difference in the world still. And that includes whether you're contributing in small ways, like volunteering to hold preterm babies in a NICU unit or helping your own grandchild who needs some extra attention. Like the point is getting outside of ourselves, serving something Mm -hmm. bigger than ourselves. We just couldn't be stopped from changing the world if we all just leaned into what opportunities we had. Like you said, it doesn't have to be something big and huge, right? When you talked about the NICU, you know, my son was in a PICU. So it's the pediatric intensive care unit. And there were babies that were there for quite a long time. And I saw the volunteers coming in and holding and playing with those little children that needed so much care and their parents just couldn't be there every single hour of every single day. Right. So that to me, it was a beautiful memory. And I really learned how important it is. The volunteers. Right. So people have even more wisdom, more to share, more to contribute. Uh, Like I said, it's an untapped resource. Yeah. Just find something you're interested in and let it lead you to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Right. And don't worry about having to see the end from the beginning. It will reveal itself. My husband would say to me, (laughs) how am I going to get this published? He'd say, that's not your worry. All you have to do is write the book, mm-hmm. you know, and he would say, God will worry about the publisher. And I'm like, okay, all right. Okay. And then of course, when it came time to publish, I actually did have to worry about figuring out how to get it out there, but step-by-step, step, right? Don't get overwhelmed. Just take it step-by-step, step, take the next step and enjoy it. And don't worry too much about the long-term. Right. I mean, living a purposeful life, research shows that People really have a greater sense of well-being. They're even physically healthier. It gives them something to get up for in the morning, motivation. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on here. Is there anything else you want to share before we end this episode? Well, I would say that every age and stage of your life brings different opportunities and different things that you're going to be involved in and learning. And don't be afraid to start something new. I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing, but I'm glad I had the courage to pursue it. So even if you don't have a background in something, I mean, I don't have a degree. I'm not a therapist. I don't have a degree in education. I have a master's degree in organizational communication, really, which is like training and development. I thought I would be one of the last people that would really be qualified to write a book for kids about pornography and avoiding it. So don't ever think that you're too old to start something new. That's my advice. Exactly. I love that. Thanks again, Kristen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. I want to be sure that you know how to find Kristen and her books. So you can find the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures books on Amazon. And then you can follow Protect Young Minds on Facebook and Instagram, or go to the website. It's protectyoungminds.org. 
And if you're a grandparent like me, you are going to be so glad that your grandkids have these books to grow up with and be prepared with today. If you feel like there's something more for you, you're right. As a life coach, I teach people in midlife to see what's been getting in their way and how to clear it up and get on with what they want next. This is the perfect time to update your mind. You'll know how to feel better now so you can get those important things going. I'm always happy to chat about your life and what you want. All you need to do is get in touch with me. You can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com Contact me on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com, or message me on social media. I'm at Vonna Davis on Instagram. You can learn more about working with me on my website or Instagram. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.